knowing and understanding and doing. I call it for this week as I took the liberty to update it a little bit. Praise <clears> O <throat> oh Lord, our merciful Father, whose mercies are new every morning. Receive our prayers when we call upon you and grant that we may know and understand the things we ought to do and also may have grace and power to accomplish them according to your will. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Possibly the first thing to do, the thing that should be handled prior to any other steps, is that we have to decide. <clears throat> Decision time. You stand at a fork in the road, you must choose. Will you take the path less traveled or the one worn smooth? What do you want most? Do you really know what you want more than anything else? The one thing that would make everything else in life more bearable, maybe even enjoyable? At the end of his life, Moses declared to the chosen people of God, the ones whom he had led out of Egypt by the miraculous demonstration of the power of God, that they had two options. They could either choose to serve the Lord with all of their heart and soul, or they could follow the ways of the pagan people who were presently living in the land God had promised to Abraham's descendants. Then he challenged the tribe of, tribes of Israel to choose life, to turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Moses went on to say that the commandments that God had given to Moses to give to the people of Israel were not too hard, nor were they out of their reach. He used the analogy of as if to keep the commandments would be something located in heaven or across the sea that was out of their reach. If either of these had been true, they would have been a good reason to throw in a towel to give up. They could have justifi justifiably claimed they had been set up to fail, the victims of a cruel cosmic practical joke. Kind of like the carnival games that are rigged so you have no chance of winning the giant teddy bear. No, he said it was not like that at all. In fact, he promised them, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it. The word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it. The way of the world, both in Moses' day and in ours, the secular pagan mindset is that if you want something, you can attain your goal as long as you work hard. Make the right connections and have a little bit of luck. Whether or not you're successful depends upon you. Just try a little harder. Self-help books, seminars, podcasts, and much more, they all abound 
that promise to reveal the long sought after secret that will unlock the hidden power within you. The way Moses offered to the generation born in the wilderness whose parents and grandparents were born in slavery to Pharaoh was to cease striving and to trust God. Gather just enough manna for today and trust God to send more manna tomorrow. Jesus taught the same lesson in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 6, verses 25 to 34, under the subheading in the ESV of Do Not Be Anxious. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor wood nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Or are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. The ways of the Lord require faith. They require trust. Are you ready to decide? Are you ready to commit your life into his hands once again? To trust his goodness? Does God really have your best interests in mind? Can he be trusted? Or do we have to take things into our own hands? to try to remain in control as best we're able? Are you ready to give up walking in your own strength and wisdom? The psalm today, we read, Make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me into your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. That is the ways of the Lord, to trust and depend upon Him, to turn to Him for wisdom, truth. There's a way of living, the way Moses summed up by telling the Israelites to choose life that leads to freedom. Free to live in complete dependence and reliance upon the love and providence of God for each day. Free to obey the leading of the Holy Spirit in every decision. Free to be fully present with those you're with. And 
not distracted by the anxiety so prevalent in our lives today. If we continue down beyond the, the Old Testament reading from Deuteronomy 30, after Moses said, But the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart, that you may keep it. He said, See, I have set before you today life and prosperity and death and adversity. That's the choice that we're facing today and every day as to whether we will surrender control, trust the Lord, and experience his life-giving power and fulfillment provision, life, and prosperity. Or we can choose not to and continue on in our own ways that lead to death and brings about great adversity in our life. In, Psalm four, in the 14th verse of Psalm 25, it says, The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. While we were at Christ for the Nation, somebody made a worship song out of those two verses. Of course, they would make a worship song if you dropped your hat back in those days. But uh, that is a beautiful word, couple of verses. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him. He makes known, he reveals who he is to those who seek after him, who are in relationship with him, who have ceased striving and just prayed, help me, Lord. It ends with verse 21, may integrity and uprightness preserve me for I wait for you. And that's, that's really the crux of the matter, isn't it? Are we willing to wait? wait on the Lord. In the New Testament reading from Colossians chapter 1 verses 4 and 6 were, since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven of this you have heard before in the world you have heard before in the word of the truth the gospel which has come to you as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. So it's about knowing and understanding. When we know and understand we bear fruit or the gospel bears fruit through us. So as we know, as we cease striving, as we trust God, as we experience relationship with the Lord, communion with the Lord, and with others, we receive knowledge, we receive understanding, and we wait. And the waiting is where the bearing the fruit occurs.
following that reading in verses 9 to 12 from the message, chapter 1 of Colossians, be assured that from the first day we heard of you, we haven't stopped praying for you, asking God to give you wise minds and spirits attuned to his will, and so acquire a thorough understanding of the ways in which God works. We pray that you'll live well for the Master, making him proud of you as you work hard in his orchard. As you learn more and more how God works, you will learn how to do your work. We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul. Not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength God gives. It is the strength that endures the undurable and spills over into joy. Thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that he has for us. The gospel today was the story about the priest on a mission, the distracted Levite, and the Good Samaritan. We know the story well. We've heard it taught on, preached on many times. There's lots of truth to mine from it. But I propose that, that Jesus may not have, to <coughs> may not have told this parable to to make us wonder which one of these three men our life might align most with. Not to wonder which one of, of these three possibilities we might most resemble, but because we are all three of them. There are times in our life when we will be the priest on a mission and ignore the one life that God puts right in the middle of our road. And we pass by on the other side, and there'll be times when we're the distracted Levite. We don't have time. We have more important things to do. And there are times when we will be the Good Samaritan. We will have compassion. will be the hands and feet of Jesus. The path of true spiritual growth will always place us right smack in the middle of the lives of others who are broken and needy and desperate for real life. And we have the privilege of being with them and possibly even discipling them as they choose life and experience the joy of the Lord. May we all experience the love of God and gain knowledge and understanding of how to trust Him more, to cease striving and to enjoy the fruit of everything bright and beautiful. May we always choose life. Amen. Let's stand together and proclaim our common faith and pronounce the